This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Buffalonian Division of the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built by Buffalonians for Buffalonians, featuring the shows such as the Goatheads Podcast and the Buffalonian Podcast. We cover Bills, Sabres, and more, with more shows on the way very soon. And the Cast Source Podcast Network covers many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring the podcast shows such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the Bills, Sabres, Hot Takes, Trivia, and more of the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and as always, I'm joined by Dom Lawson, Mike Marino. We're going to switch it up today. If you can't already tell by some context clues here, we're going to talk about the Sabres right off the bat. And uh, they're still staying alive. Play the song by the Bee Gees, gents. Do the CPR. We're, 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 we're still in it somehow. I think it's less than a 1% chance now. But, I, I mean, hey, playing meaningful games and – April? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not meaningful, but we're playing. What what are your guys' just general thoughts before we delve into the specifics here, like on their position right now? And, you know, even being at a less than 1% chance as the last time I saw, just how it feels to kind of have them in this position. Well, I guess um, this is going into the season what we wanted, right? We wanted them to be at least in contention this late in the season and um, I mean, they are like if they went out and we need some teams ahead of us to to lose a few in a row. But like, you know, I think like honestly, we shouldn't be disappointed if we miss the playoffs because the preseason, like at the beginning of the year, we weren't expecting them to make the playoffs. But like, I guess it's just kind of disappointing because like we were so close, and it's like there's a few games along the way that we really shouldn't have dropped that would have put us in a better situation. But like, I think that just gives us optimism for next year that like this team's only going to get better. I mean, it's the first time since what 2007 we've had so many guys over 50 points. Yeah. So it's like, it's just a lot to, to like be encouraged about. And like, it's not the worst thing that we're not making the playoffs this year. Like we still can, but like odds are against us, but like, it's not the worst thing. At least we're going to be like a handful of points out rather than like 20. Yeah. I mean, at least they're playing for the playoffs and not just playing for pride. I mean, that that's that's pretty good to me. I mean, I I think it's an, it's nice to see that the Sabers have, you know, jumped, been better than last year, and is going to finish above last year based off really internal development. It's not like they signed a big name, traded for a big name. It was kind of all you know prospects in the organization graduating to the NHL level or people from the NHL level taking that step to become actual effective NHLers. Uh, unlike a, a few teams in like, like <clears throat> Detroit and Ottawa, um, you know, <laughs> we didn't rely on you know making trades and uh, you know internal uh, signings. We kind of kept the group thin. It's, it's nice to see them get rewarded. I think it's frustrating seeing how how close they are and yet how far they are. You know, they have two extra games, but 
at the end of the day, you had to win those Chester games, and they're kind of actually just working against you at this point because it's whatever. I mean, you had to play now, what, four games in five days? So, like, yeah. it doesn't really favor you anymore having those extra games because it's the rest, you know, you're just such a rest strange. Also, they have a pretty, you know, I don't want to say, you know, the next two games are definitely difficult in Ottawa. We'll see where they are, and I mean, CBJ is bad, but I mean, I think it goes to Mike's point. They've lo- I and mean, they've lost some games they should have won. Um, I think the overall frustration with that isn't really that they lost those teams. It's just a uh, home ice. I think they just they just weren't very good on home ice this year. I think that would be my biggest grievance. Because listen, you're gonna be- win games you shouldn't win, and you're gonna lose games you shouldn't lose. I mean, that's kind of up and down of a season. But to be consistently rather porous on home ice. I mean, that's really, I mean, obviously goaltending is the number one reason, but that that's really like the second biggest reason. I mean, we always talk, I, I think any sport talks about how you got to protect home ice, protect, you know, your home floor or whatever. And I mean, multiple times this year, they've gotten destroyed on home ice. I mean, well, we went to four games and they went one, two, and one. Yeah. I mean, when you can't play good games at home, in front of your home crowd, unless you're in a alternate Jersey, apparently with this team. Um, I think, I think that's just where the issues are. Cause they, they play like a monster on the road 90% of the time. Of course there are some games they let up, but Tom, you mentioned goaltending. I didn't know we had a fifth, fifth goalie just on the depth chart of this team. Rasmus, Rasmus Dahlin, you know, sliding sliding in front of the net. He just hit hidden in the depth chart, huh? Carrying a, a mysterious fifth goalie. What a game by him i mean in all honesty just like he was cooking on all cylinders i where like i can't, i couldn't even get over it the fact that that led immediately to a scoring play um he had a couple other monster plays that led to, like directly to a scoring play and he was part of the reason that game was won i mean we were they were trailing for a little bit so, so it was uh definitely a move to you know have him just fired up what are your what are your thoughts on our buddy boy Dolly number 26 really just showing up at the end of the season um I mean I think it's nice because when we brought him in he was like supposed to be this generational defenseman and like obviously he was young and still like adjusting to um North America and it's like you know he he looks good and all that but like when is he going to become that like elite franchise defenseman and then it definitely didn't help with um the the previous coach there Ralph Kruger who kind of ruined everybody but um, I think now it's just, like, he really is, like, what they touted him up to be. And, like, the thing is, he's still only 22. So, it's, like, his best years are still ahead of him. So, it's just, like, the Sabres really haven't had that elite offensive puck-moving defenseman since Housley. So, to have someone like that who can – now he's become really good defensively, too. I know that was kind of, like, early on we saw like his D zone struggles and all that, but like if he's able to take his game to that next level, then you also have someone like Owen power who could realistically be the same thing. You have really a roster that can be very successful, like with playoff runs and everything. But like the thing is now, cause he has what one year left on his deal. Mm-hmm. I believe so, so. Now the question is like, what is he going to want? Like, is he going to want that top value contract or is he going to buy into what we're doing here and take a team friendly deal long-term? Yeah. 
So it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think I think he wants to be here. I think he likes the culture. He likes his uh, coaching staff and then his teammates and all that. So like, I don't think there'll be an issue resigning him. But I think it'll be interesting to see what he wants and what he gets. Because like, I would be completely comfortable making him the highest paid saber. But like, how much are we talking here? That's the question. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm late the prediction right now. You will get the largest contract in Sabres history. I think, think? more contract. than Jacks. Largest contracts, Jacks at eight by eighty. I think he's at least getting eight digits. So I think it's at least ten. Um, we'll see. I mean, okay. maybe he takes a little less than just about nine. But could be another common Kevin Adams W though, getting him low. You know what I mean? So we'll have to. We'll I mean, have to see. it's kind of Kevin Adams' fall right now that he's at the contract he's at. But I don't think I'm with the time for signing that bridge, but. <laughs> No, it was a nice performance from Darlene. The last couple of games, really not his best performances either, which is, uh, you know, kind of leads to the point where maybe he's, like, playing through an injury, which is probably most likely for everyone at this point. But, yeah, I mean, he's the reason why they won the game. I mean, Levi played good, and, you know, you got, you got the, the saves when you needed it. But, I mean, he single-handedly gave Casey Mills a goal, saved a goal, scored a goal himself. So, like, I mean, really – plus three in the goals, you know, created or you know, not allowed column or, or you want to say it. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to to see him kind of bounce back from a tough week. Um, and he's the number one. I think he should be, you know, at least a Norris finalist. I think he honestly has a really good case to winning the award, um, either him or Fox. But you all know it's going to go to Eric Carlson because he scored a million points. And yeah. The NHL awards are the NHL awards, man. They're just, I mean, I, I, they're 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 the biggest flawed um, awards in all of professional sports, especially the Norris, the Selkie always gets flawed. Like some of these people, like some of these people that won it, like Brett Burns won it, but Brett Burns like had eighty points, but like he doesn't play defense. He's a fourth. He's a fourth forward. Like started as winger. Yeah, I, I I just I mean, listen, it's cool that Eric Carlson scoring all these points, but he's like. They're not a trash team too. I guess that would be the thing is that he's scoring all these points on a bad team, but I saw a stat where like he's been on ice for the most five on five goals ever. Like he's horrendously bad. Like he's one of the worst defensive. He's one of the worst defensemen on defense, and I don't know defensive I, I, defenseman. I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like one way defenseman like. Does his offense outweigh his defense? Sure, but does that make him a Norris winner? I just don't think so. Like, I think Adam Fox is having a good two-way year that's also putting up points. Darlene, have, actually, his defensive numbers are, like, elite. And he's also, what, has, like, 73 points on the season. So it's like, I don't know, I just feel like those two guys being elite defensively while putting up big numbers offensively compared to a guy that's just putting up numbers offensively and giving a lot of it back defensively. I'm not saying Carson shouldn't be a finalist because he's had a great year, but I don't know. I, I, I just, it just wouldn't sit like me if he won. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, it seems to be all about the points. You know what I mean? And just, I don't know. But you mentioned, before we move on, one thing. You mentioned Casey Middlestat, okay? I know we, did we, I think we talked about him last time, Dom, but he's, like, absolutely proving himself on this team in the, like, from the lowest-ranked Sabre on that whatever chart you showed in the beginning of the season to now 
just going off and you know naming a lot of people i've seen are calling him casey Rizzler stat trying to get that that deal the big deal to stay with granado you know what i mean in the next few years mike's shaking his head no already that's where i want to go with this i want to get mike's opinion on do the sabers move on from the gent or do they do they because he's got some trade value now you could argue with the numbers he's been putting up the assists and whatnot or do they stick with them and keep them as like a third or fourth line center? Mike, what do you what do you think? Dom and I kind of talked about this last time, but I, I want to hear what you have to say on it. Well, I'm just going to say I've said from the beginning of the year he should have been the 13th forward. I say he should have <laughs> been in the press box. Um, I'll say he he's uh, improved it. Like he's had some rough patches during the year, but he's he's shown that he should be on the ice more than like Victor Olson. Um, I still say get rid of him because. His value's high, but I'm not paying him five, six million dollars to be my third line center. And you know, I think you can use him for as value to get um, a position more of need. So whether you get another defenseman or you get a goaltender, because from what I see it, you have your top two centers are locked and Thompson Cousins. You have hopefully they can re-sign Tyson Jost. So he's a bottom six. And then in the near future, you're going to have a Savoy coming up, a Coolidge coming up. Um, if, you know, you have an Oslin, if he makes the roster. Um, I'm blanking on another center's name. Okay. Krebs. You have Peyton Krebs who can play center. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, and then like, I feel like forward is just more replaceable than defense right now. And if Casey Middlestad's having his career year, which he is, I don't personally, I don't think he can sustain it. I feel like he's not like a one and done, but like, I just don't think he's going to be a consistent 50 point scorer. And I think we should take advantage of his value being high to get a position where we need another defenseman yeah, and we need a goaltender. So let's take advantage of it while, you know, because is he an RFA this year or next year? Next year. Next year. Next year. So he has that so he has that extra year under contract. So that's also valuable that you know a team will have him for the year. But I don't know. I mean, I know Donnie Meatballs loves him. And I know we always made the joke he gets a point and he gets 10 extra games. But like <laughs> he has he has played well, like overall, like you know, I would say he's performed the best. He ever has. He's been healthy, which is good. It always seemed like he'd get hurt. But um I will say, like when we when we drafted him, I was like, it's gonna be a pretty solid player, I think. And then he had his world juniors where he's really good. And then his cup of coffee in the NHL that year, he was good. And it was like, oh, he's gonna be our top six forward, he's gonna be so good. And then he was kind of forced in and probably should have gone back to school, honestly, play another year. But I think, yeah. I would still deal him. So, I don't want yeah, deal him out. I, I, I just have I to say, like, what? I just have to say, you make a great point there about you should go to school. And I'm, I'm just going to butt in real quickly and to say this: there is a lot of talk on the Twitterverse about how Jason Barrell deserves more respect because Mill Stats now 50 point forward, Montour in Florida is a 70 point defenseman, Darlene's you know becoming Darlene. He hit on the Samuelson pick. Uh, was it Cousins is having a great year? The Tage. Uh, the with the Ryan O'Reilly trade and all this. I, I will just say this about all this. He put those guys in zero position to succeed. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, you were a good talent evaluator enough to like get them into your 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 organization, but you just like crapped on everyone's development. Like, Middlestat was should have stayed in college. He wasn't even a point per game. He was not a point per game player in college. So like that was should have been like just go next year. No. Then he scores five points in six games in the NHL level. And it's like, oh, boom, second line center. Let's move out Ryan O'Reilly. Tage, you made him a power forward under Kruger. That didn't work out. Um, who else? Montour. I mean, he's kind of similar to Darlene. Well, Darlene now became a good defensive defenseman. But even in Florida now, Montour is a one-way defenseman. But that could be usable. They didn't use his skating, which was his best asset. That didn't work out. Um, what else? Cousins was kind of mediocre under Kruger. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't understand. Like, like he gets cred. Yes. You acquired the people. But if you put the people that you acquire in positions that do not actively help their development and there's put them in positions to see with their skill set, like you don't get to reap the benefits when your successor comes along and actually puts the players in position to succeed. It doesn't make any sense. And also the fact of he gave Jeff Skinner a $17 million contract and then decided to put him with a coach that doesn't fit. Didn't trade Ristolainen for all those years. We all know what was that. Like, we all know. Ehlers is on the board. Still for Ehlers, yeah. Yeah. We all know all those rumors about how, like, there was legitimate good players that were being offered for him. Never traded for him. Like, and then every year, the depth of the team was terrible. Like, you end up trading Marco Scandella, and you flipped around his return for Michael Frolik, which then gave you a cap penalty. For a team that was eighty, that was like a seventy-five point team. A team that wasn't well, they, they end up being close to the playoffs because of COVID. But like, I'm sorry, this is just a joke to me. I, I hate every, every time a, a a player that he acquires or a player that he signed does well. It's like, oh my god, dude, Jason Bowerell, what a guy! It's like, dude, that dude was terrible. Like, I pray he also traded Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary for Dominic Cahoon that was on the team for two months, like six games. What about Wayne okay. Simmons? Are we just going to like completely forget about that deadline? No, I, I agree with you. There's no, no possible way he can reap the benefits of just, you know, actually putting them where they need to be. And he's not even associated with the team anymore, but let's I'm just, sorry, I'm sorry. before we move on, I, I do want to say, I agree with mostly everything Mike said other than, <laughs> Um, because I, I, sorry, I got sidetracked there. But no, you're good. You're good. Going back to Millsap for like two seconds, I agree with everything you said. Except if you were going to trade Casey Millsap, you have to trade him to improve your team now. Like you can't trade him for like a second round pick and like a A minus prospect. Like that's your considerations. Not... Well, no, they're not going to do that. That might be Olson. <laughs> oh, this is, uh, no, I'm going to get sidetracked again, but I don't care. Olson, I don't think Olson has like any value personally, but like. Dude just scored 26 goals. You could retain half his salary for one year. It gets his number down to like two and a half. Trade him to like Arizona or somewhere. He plays like big minutes, lights it up, gets close to 30 goals again, and they just flip him at the deadline, and all of a sudden he's making like just over a million bucks for a contending team. Like that's that's the way to like get someone to, to, to jump in on the Olsen is if you retain him and they retain to trade him again. But I I, I I you know that that's the key move there. But with middle stat. I'm just I'm all over the place, man. It's, it's, I'm, I'm gonna have to it's make Monday, this its own segment. Dom's rant. I know. Middle <laughs> set, you had to trade to improve your team because if you're just trading him for a bag of chips, like you know those, those half open ruffles in the corner that you're just like snatching on. What kind of ruffles? Like 
uh, sour cream and cheddar. I don't know. Is that, was that one? That's where you go. Yep, yep, yep. Original. There you go. Like, you have to trade to improve your team. You can't just trade him. Because, honestly, he's played well enough where, like, if you just trade him for nothing, like, you're actually hurting your team a little bit. Like, if you trade him for peace, for the goalie to pair Levi, or for top four defensemen, I'm all for it. I'm also definitely not for the contract. But also, at the same time, I'm definitely not for the contract that he's potentially going to get. So, like, he also has one year left at the 2.5. If he wants big money, I would just play him out with another year and then trade him again, like, trade him in the offseason next year. But I think right now he's v- valuable enough with Coolidge and Savoy not playing on the NHL level yet. Like, I think you can't really move him yet because you don't have the young forwards having experience in the NHL where they know you know they could take over for him. Like, next offseason, if Coolidge and Savoy come in, they, they're kind of like Quinn Paterka, then you know, like, hey, like, we have two guys that have NHL experience that we know could take over his production. Now we can move him. Don't have to pay him $6 million. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. I think you vomit my mouth a little bit. Think about that. Well, we're talking about Casey middle stats, end of tenure possibility for the saviors, but let's just, let's transition to an older gentleman, even though he's the fastest skater on the ice. Okay. You can't tell me difference. Guys like the flash. It's It's impressive. What'd you say? With cement in his feet, it's impressive in the skates. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he's, he's moving quick. The captain, oh, captain, my captain, Akposo. And what, like, is this, is this it? Is this the end? Is this the end for him? What are you, what are you, <laughs> I think it is. I think he's this is the end for you, my master. Honestly, yeah. I can see him retiring. Yeah, I think he will. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think he's had injury history, and like I remember when he first signed here, like he had that concussion. It was really bad, and you know I think he's at the point where he's going to be just shy of a thousand games in NHL. Like he had a pretty successful career. So he was good in uh, New York. He was uh, the top free agent at the time in 2016 when we signed him. I remember the the Stamkos rumors that he was going to come to Buffalo. And hey, Stamkos took an interview, not an interview, but he took a yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because we knows knew we were going to get rise, Steven Stamkos. Who knows that was just to rise up his price, but whatever. But, um, no, like, I mean, I wouldn't be anti-Oposo if he came back on, like, a one-year, like, vet minimum deal and mm-hmm. was, like, an extra forward. Just because I'll probably get my eyes rolled at me. But um, I like I like what he brings in the locker room. I like that veteran presence. I like that leadership ability he has like i'd say he's definitely worthy of having the c on the sweater and if you have such a young team you have all these guys who are going to be playing their first NHL game and you know they have just 100 games like they're still learning i think it's valuable to have someone who's played almost a thousand games and has had a pretty successful career to like mentor them like i don't think kyle poso is an 82 game player anymore like Mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think he'd be healthy enough to do it, but like I don't know necessarily if he'd buy into that, but like if he's maybe not like fully in on wanting to continue playing, but you can like say, Hey, you know, we want you here to play like is that thirteenth forward and like, you know, you get in some games because we're gonna have some young guys that will pie because we know the approach they've had this year is that they'll scratch rookies just to watch a few games and um kinda see from a different point of view rather than them being on the ice, but I wouldn't be against it. It's just, I guess it also depends on who else comes up. And if we sign any other free agents, that could potentially take a spot. 
because I mean, he is just like a fourth line winger. So it's not like he's our top line winger being like, you know, a tuck or something. He's kind of like expendable. He's just there. His playing ability, I'd say is expendable, but like, I do like what he brings to a locker room and everything. I think that's very valuable at times. I mean, classic. I mean, you're a pro Craig last off season. Why, why would you not be? Yeah. And look how that happened. He was our best goaltender. I don't think that's a good thing though, but I'm just saying I got hated for saying Craig Anderson should come back. And one of the reasons Devin Levi said he was excited to sign here was because of Craig Anderson. So I'm just saying, here's the thing. My take wasn't that hot. Here's my counter to everything you just said is that he could, provide all the leadership and off ice talent, you know, off ice skills that he has in the front office role. Like I'm just saying, my man I'm is just saying Craig and Anderson like, was literally our best goaltender this season, like in the okay, long run. And Pogan, and I Kyle told you and I, I told you I told you he should be a third goaltender. And you know what he like yeah he was like our starting goaltender for a little bit. Like I didn't want that. But I literally we can go back and I said bring in I'm not saying don't bring in goaltenders. I'm saying keep him in as your third goaltender. And Actually, I do he remember. He is like our third goaltender. I do remember hearing that exact statement from Mike. I'm gonna be. Yeah, 100% I never said he you. should be our starter. I said he should be our third goaltender. And I just want to. I want to. I want to plug this real fast. If you're a newer listener and have not heard all the way back, horrible audio quality. It's just an iPhone sitting in the middle of a table outside. And we were outside that time too. <laughs> we we're we we're in the out. We we're in the outdoor studio. Um, right when we were first starting up. But go check out. Um, uh, trying to remember the name of it. I'll think of it. I'll put it in the description to hear this full-on debate, because let me tell you, it goes on for about... It was about, not a debate. It was an argument. A full-on yeah. argument. It was it a yell. It goes on for about 20 minutes. It's an entire topic in itself. And uh, we ended up cutting it short. But it was it was, uh, it was something. Back, get, back, get back on you. I, you know, I'll be the one to ro- roll us back in, even though I just was the one that really sent us off the rails there by making a Craig Anderson comment. Yeah. Kyle, you, knew, I, you knew that was going to agitate Mike, no, too. I, you, I, knew, I, you knew exactly what you were doing. You know what I was doing. But, he doesn't want to I be mean, the only one ranting today. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of rants. But Kyle, I mean, he's, he's had a great year, career. I think in the beginning of the year when he was captain, I think I would have been okay with another year just because he came off a 20-goal season. Like, he had really good offensive production. This year, he's been solid defensively, but you could just see he just doesn't have the foot speed anymore to really be a dangerous offensive player. And I think for me, the Greenway trade – singled and then for an error like i think he yeah. plays the game you know when a poso i'm not in his prime but like a poso a couple years ago would play like a little physical defensive and could score a couple goals like i think we're starting to see that a little bit of greenway kind of be that you know tweener between the fourth and third line but could be physical place play solid defensively and like have a little more even probably maybe a little bit more offensive skill than a had a couple years ago so i think that's the end of the error but I mean, he has a great career. I, it's weird that he's going to potentially be a one-season captain, though. I, I don't know. But I, I, I feel like if if you tell me right now Kyle Posa would agree to a, a front office position in some capacity, I would sign him yesterday. So, Yeah, I, 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 I like that. I like thinking of him in the front office, honestly, because that's like he – Sabres do like to keep their former players in as yeah. development coaches. I mean, even – Well, they have a chemistry. Player. Why wouldn't you? It's a, it's all about chemistry. They like keeping I mean? their alumni in the area, which I yeah. can respect. And they're all about from promoting from within and whatnot. Adams was promoted from within. You know what I mean? So it's that's that's all on online with the brand. And I would like to see Akposo in that role because 
the guys love him and he's he's he loves the guys and it's just like you know it would it'd still be a beneficial coaching relationship i feel like you know what i mean kind of a mentor relationship but you bring up greenway the one-handed goal scorer when we were there at that rangers game which still blows my mind that remember i that bet that i lost very badly we were like laughing that mike mentioned to pick greenway as a as a anytime goal scorer and i did it and i'm like this isn't gonna hit of course he's stiff arming someone and flicks it in with one hand like it just so perfect but he looks to be kind of growing in with the guys now he's a lot more comfortable um what are your guys just i i think he's going to be like you said dom just kind of that third fourth liner just kind of popping around and i think he's a beneficial add to the team for sure because he is he does play similarly to Ogpo. so when we got him you know what i mean so i i think i think it was a great ad what do you what are you guys thinking as he's kind of settling in here as a buffalo saber I think he was a good add to have. I mean, I think he kind of brings um, a big physical presence that, honestly, we just didn't have. I mean, like, another kind of uh, random thing, but, like, you look at some of the teams um, that have made playoff pushes, and you see who the, the players are that they're acquiring at the deadline. Those more, my one of my favorite terms in hockey, gritty players. And I could see Jordan Greenway being that type of player. So, like, I think also he kind of showed in Minnesota he can, like, be a decent offensive producer as well. But, like, I think here he's not going to be relied on like that. He's going to be, like uh, Dom was saying, like a more uh, two-way, maybe defensive-minded forward who's in your bottom six who can float between third and fourth line. And, you know, I think he's at that age where he's in his prime of his career. He's, what, 26? So – He's, you know, got, I think, one year left, one one or two years left on his deal. So, like, and it's only a three mil. So, I mean, it's a pretty good price for him, too. Um, I think when we first acquired him, you could tell there was an adjustment that needed to be made. He did, like, struggle a bit. But I think now, Joe, like you were saying, he's kind of uh, found his groove here and he's getting comfortable. And I think a full off season with this team and give him a full season, I think you're actually going to see um, productivity. And you know what? I'm going to call it now. This is going to be – remember when we do our um, bold takes for the season or whatever? I'm going to say next season, Jordan Greenway scores 20 goals. Ooh, I can see you it. Gotta go back. Yeah, you gotta, Joe, you got to find that episode and see what we say. I don't yeah, know. I'll go back to like September and kind of look like when everything was starting up. Mark it right now. At the, at the 31-minute mark of this episode – I'm saying Jordan Greenway will score 20 goals in the 23-24 season. Okay. All right. That's, that's a, I mean, what, he scored three goals in his last five games. That's a pretty good, you know, pretty good. Yeah. When you add all those extra games on top of it, I think you've got a good shot of that coming through. But <laughs> No, I, I think I think if him, it would take a little bit to adjust from Minnesota to Buffalo. But I think, I, I mean, either he was, I mean, it seemed like he was banged up, I guess, or maybe they were just like, you need to sit a couple. We're going to give you the rookie treatment, just like, hey, take a couple games and learn our system, learn what we're doing out here. And now you, you see he's kind of a player that can play up and down your lineup. And um, yeah, I mean, he's played very well the last couple games. And I think fans were too short term minded with this move. I think people thought that they were going to get an immediate impact, but. 
And then you had to realize that this guy was pretty low on confidence. Like he was having probably one of the worst years of his career uh, before being traded. And, you know, it takes a second to adjust to a new city. And I think I'm excited to see what he does in, tra- you know, having a full offseason as Mike said, like a full training camp with the boys and then hit the ground running. I, I'm, I'm very excited to see. Cause I, I mean, after, I mean, he just seems like a, fr- I mean, yeah, I would assume he probably got a little healthier, but he just seems like such a different player than he was the first couple of games. Oh, then I will say this. He can get off the PK. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I know he was like trying to kind of be a little bit of a PK guy. He is really bad. And like, sometimes you just, that, that I don't think will ever change. And sometimes you just, I don't know if it's the system or it's him, but I mean, heck, it's probably the system. I mean, the, the, the Sabres again, just like, listen, I know they scored that awesome goal against the Flyers because they were forechecking. But the far reason why you don't forecheck on your penalty kill is because you let people, if they get by your forecheck, easily enter the zone. And then you can't clear the zone because you have four guys. Like the whole point of a penalty kill once you clear the zone is you don't want them to get back into the zone. And the Sabres make it very easy to do that. One of the reasons why they're, what, 30 or 31st in the league in penalty kill. Right. Yeah, exactly. But the men's NCAA Hockey National Championship has concluded. It's the first time since 2011 it went into overtime, too, by the way. So that was, it was pretty exciting. You know, it was a pretty good game. Come from behind victory. The middle stats lost, unfortunately. Um, I think John Middlestat had the only two goals for them. But didn't didn't Jack Eichel lose to, like, Providence because the goalie on BU scored on himself? I think so. I think you're right nice. on that. I think I remember that. He caught it. Like, he made a save at the blue line and then dropped the puck into the net. Oh, lost. my God. That would be a horrible way to go out. Brutal. That's your end of your career. I don't think you come back from that even in the college level. But that means Ryan Johnson, his season is over. Okay. So what are we what should we be expecting here from the Sabres? Does he come up for some Rochester Amherst? Are they in the playoffs this year? Or no? They are. They are. Rochester's Clinton. I don't think he could play for the Amherst. He can't. I think you had to be like it's kind of um, yeah. There was a thing earlier, like you had to play a certain amount of games, and or no, you had to be like assigned to the AHL at some point. That's why didn't they do yeah. that to Krebs? It's like it's like baseball. Yeah, it's like baseball. Like you have to be on the on the roster by like the first of September to be activated for the postseason or something like that. So ah, uh, okay, I gotcha. So it's like how last year they did like a bunch of paper transactions, like at at the end of the year with like Samuelson Krebs. Mm-hmm. Samson and Krebs, and they they brought him back up the next day, but it was just like show that they were in Rochester for you know, a, a, like the, the the enough to get in. Yeah. yeah. So right. I don't. I, I think if anything, he would play, but with four games left, I doubt he gets in the next two games just because I mean it's Monday and Tuesday. This team doesn't practice really at all, so I don't really know. I I I, I don't know. Maybe he gets in for the last game of the year if he signs. Yeah. Um, I Would believe... that burn a year of his ELC? No, no, I don't think so. I think it has to be like okay. ten games. Well, I okay. think he could have it with his contract where it burns a year. I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about that stuff. But I think because mm-hmm. I know not... sometimes like they sign players and it's like like Owen Power. I think it burned his first year. Ah, uh, might have. You're right. Yeah, I want to say it did. He's American, right? Right. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wouldn't have to go through like the visa process of Levi. So I guess maybe potentially. Um. I don't know. I think it's it's really up to him at this point. I think it's important, you know, you know, 
listening from you know eavesdropping in my bison's uh press box position listen to mike harrington talk about it he's he was talking about how it was an adams draft pick and he doesn't know if johnson sees a future in the nhl i think they're both valid points i mean but at the same time talent's talent and i feel like um you know taking four years of development for someone and just kind of losing it would kind of just i mean for lack of better words suck so i mean you would get what the 63rd or something pick in the 24 draft. So it's not like you're losing, you know, you're not getting an asset back for him, unlike Portillo. But also, I still can't believe they got out there pick for Portillo. Single-handedly lost lost the final Frozen Four second year in a row for Michigan. Brutal. Yeah. But I, I would say he should sign because I think he's pro-ready. I think he's... I don't think he's going to need a lot of time, if any time, in the AHL. Like I think his skill set of skating and puck moving transitions really good to the NHL level. It's just maybe the physical part. You know, he might have to learn uh, as being a little bit of a smaller guy if not big physical tools. But mm-hmm. again, like it's it's Samuelson, Darlene, and Power, and then it's kind of like who's your fourth? And it's like some days it's Jibby Haru, some days it's the Bushkin, and then we have like some number six guys like Stillman and. Bryson, like I think, I think there's an opportunity for him to at least get bottom pair minutes. But is that not good enough for him? I, I don't know. I, no, I, I just I know. do think he's he's pro ready, like you said. I I like when they make the jump. I'm going to be honest with you. Like Owen Power did last year, we had to see eight games of Power, um, and he transitioned really well. He was he was dominant right out there. So I I do hope to see johnson take the ice in a sabers uniform at some point before the season's over but you're absolutely right and it's tough with the schedule they have left um especially if things start to crumble around them when they need to crumble like other teams right well if they and, lose they're out yeah much. right so if, so I guess if they're does... winning i don't know if you put them in you know what i mean well i don't think they would put them in unless they're out yeah like, exactly it takes one game for them to be out at this point and yeah. I think if, even if they win tomorrow, they're not guaranteed to be alive. To, I'm sorry, even if they win tonight, they're not guaranteed to be alive tomorrow because of uh, the other results. But yeah, so transitioning us to the final segment before I do our last week predictions. Little surprise. So last week, Michael wasn't here for this. So uh, we did a 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Pick a player from each player. Pick a player from each decade for this Bills, and then we had some positions we had to fill. We were doing the same thing for the Sabres. So we got right wing, center, left wing, and two defense spots in the goaltender. We can pick one player from the 70s, one player from the 80s, one player from the 90s, one player from the 2000s, one player from the 2010s, one player from the 2020s. My one caveat is this. We are not cheesing this with picking centers and putting them to wings. You had to pick a <laughs> true winger. It's not like... Dylan Cousins played his first half season at wing, we, and then we're going to put him there. No, that does not count. He's the center. If we pick Cousins, he's the center. So either, so for the last week we did 60s to 20s. We could do 20s to 70s or 70s to 20s or however you want to do it. Michael, let you choose. Start old. Yeah, start old. All right. This is hard now. Uh, is this a collective okay. effort? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. It's it a group effort. It's a group project. Okay. All right, 1970s. Do we? I think that one's obvious. Them? Well, I feel like it's obvious, but yeah, I feel like it's obvious. 
Have we taken Perot? Yeah. yeah. I think the only thing I would say to that is if we would have punted on the center position and took taken a winger instead, may not have been the worst idea in the world, but I could understand why. I get it, because then there's better centers later on. But like, well, it's going to be hard because it would be like who we're picking center-wise because of the LaFontaine. Well, we'll get into that. 80s, I think, is also pretty obvious what the pick is just because. The former coach. They... What? Our former coach. You're taking Lindy? Phil Housley. Yeah, Housley. Oh, our former God, coach. oh my goodness gracious. Lindy okay, Ruff. I'm not, okay. I'm not Time Joe. Out. Time out. Okay. Whoa. whoa. Those are fighting words right there. I did pull with you. I'm not going to lie. Like, I thought you were doing something bold there for a second. Okay, I'm Joe took lie. Lindy on his on his draft team. I, I know he did. I didn't understand. I, I was already for, – I for, okay, I'm going to be honest. The Phil Housley tender, t- tenure goes way over my head because it was so boring, and they did absolutely nothing under him. So I actually completely forgot he was that coach to Sabres for a second there. All right, my bad. My bad. 90s, I think, is also obvious. Is it? I don't know. I I, I, I time out. I don't know if it's obvious because yeah, you know it's obvious. I think Hashik is easily the best player. Oh, this is where it gets interesting because there was good there was good options for forwards that we could have taken and we could have punted to Miller, but um, I do think we had to take Hashik there. So now we basically have a four two. We have two wing spots, a defense spot. Open for two thousands and above. So two thousands. I think this is where this gets challenging, man. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. This is where I, this is where I say I like, like I think we're so like, that is it really is it in the two thousands like the player we're getting is that player when they played in that era? Yes. Yes, we'll make that. Oh, uh, okay. Because cool. I was gonna say, why don't we get like? Didn't Andrew Truck play for the Sabers in like two thousand? Oh yeah. yeah. The year yeah, two thousand. No, yeah. no, we ain't getting. We're not getting nineties, Andrew Chuck. Yeah, that would that would that would have cheesed the system right there. See, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Like, as much as I love Perot and all that, like, this is where I feel like, I feel like you had to pick him though. But like, it's kind of bizarre. It'd, it'd been better for us to really pick like Martin or Danny Gear and then pick like Drury or Briere. just because yeah. the oh. wingers, the wingers, and like, I mean, there's a lot of like, there's good ones. I, I you know what. I mean, I'd take, I'd take Pominville. I knew you were going to say that. I, I just knew you were going to say that. Yep. That's so I think I'm, this debate, I'm... I think this debate comes down to, because Drury and Briere are putting off the centers. Like, we can't pick those guys. I think it comes down I think to. I think the next three picks are easy, honestly. Okay. Well, time out a second. Wow. You know, okay. Just, just hold on a second here. It's either Vanek or Pominville. Okay. Definitely Pominville. I don't know. Vanek had a 40 goal season. Vanek scored more, like it was a far better offensive player. Mm. But and and also he scored the the winner against the Rangers. I don't care what anyone says about Maximus Vanek and off. Like that was tipped. I'm just gonna. Say I can it. tell you. I can tell you my next three picks, and you'd be completely fine with it. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll give you Pomville. I think Pomville was more of a two way player. We already have kind of the high speed guy. We don't need another. And we have Housley in the back end, who's a one really an offensive defenseman. We need more of a defensive thing up front. I'll 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 give you Pombo. That's a right wing pick, by the way, because he was a right winger. So we got mm-hmm. left wing and D left. 
Also, shot does not matter. I don't care that we. I think Housley was left shot. I don't care if we mm-hmm. need it. It doesn't matter to me. Twenty tens. This is where it gets hard because there's there's, there's literal like Reinhardt was right wing. I guess we could go Vanek. Yeah, because he's still uh, around. We could go early two thousand tens Vanek. I don't know who was your pick. Because I already have a pick for the twenties that I think is obvious, but I'm trying to. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I, I was gonna say the current one I would pick a defenseman. In well, well, we could actually. Pick, I was between two players for current. We could pick Skinner here, can we not? Wasn't he 2019? Mm-hmm. 2018, yeah. yeah. Yep. Is that the pick, or were you? Yeah, Skinner. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Bank, but I think Bank's best seasons were in the 2000s, not the 2010s. So we'll take 40 goal scorer Chiefro. And I think this next pick is easy. Oh, and power. <laughs> so Maybe we either, see, we're probably going to do this activity again. So I would assume we had to take off basic current. And seeing that we have a defense and a variable, and I just basically said this guy should pretty much win the Norris, even though he won't. I say we take Darlene. Are we all in agreement there? Yeah. Yes. So Rest. this is the squad. At right wing, we got Palmville from the 2000s. Center, we got Perot from the 70s. Left wing, we got Skinner from the 2010s. We got defense of Housley and Darlene from the 80s and 20s, respectively, and Hashik from the 90s. So, yeah, I think it actually gets very challenging to do that. Like, I think this was very challenging. More challenging than I thought. Because, like, Perot's a great player. But like, there was the best wingers were probably from the seventies. I mean, or nineties, which makes it hard because the two best players are from the seventies and nineties individually, which are Perot and Hashik. But then you also have Miller later that you could have picked, or you could have picked Lafontaine, someone else. So I don't know. I, I think I actually think it's a lot challenging than it. I made it out. It's, to be. it's more challenging than the Bills one. Hundred percent. I want to say just because the Sabres, you have so long of like some of these players did play in both decades, but were better in one than the other. You know what I mean? Like Vanek, like we were talking about, like, or Andrew Chuck, you know, like, like you can, you can go back to the 90s. I just think it's hard to pick from a decade that the the Sabres just never made, were never good in the 2010s. I mean, yeah. Okay. Early, early 2010s, but like, I think that's like that's to me that's the hardest part. Like, that was the hardest part about the Bills one was like the two thousands. It was like, I guess we're just gonna take Eric Molds. Like, I don't know. Who yeah, else that's to, it. <laughs> I don't know who else would be really an option other than if you want to take like Marshawn Lynch, just go completely off the board. But right, I, I think that was the hardest point. So, yay! All right, so prediction time. So I think we're all keeping our picks from last week because there's been one game played, and we'll just do it at the end of next week. Yeah. But they have four games. Prediction time. Mike, what's the record? They'll go two and two. Gosh, I hate I should have just won high to you. I was gonna say the same thing. Gosh darn it. You know, I'm to be different, I'm gonna go two one one. They have five. They don't they don't have five. Oh, three and one. Sorry, three and one. I thought you said five. I don't know. Three and one. Yeah, I don't I think 
<laughs> I think they're gonna. Hmm. This is hard. I think they're gonna split the next two games. And do I really think they're gonna lose to? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Already. Well, then before, before before we leave, how many games does Levi start in Lex Four? Three. Two. Two. Okay. Gosh, I just. I should just go. We're not gonna put him in back to back. No, they won't. I'm saying I, I, I will predict he plays tonight or tomorrow, and he plays CBJ. I think it's gonna go him, UPL, Anderson against Ottawa, mm-hmm. and then Anderson's again. farewell well, tour. Your buddy, um, Joe Diabasi at uh, WGR said that they should just do, um, you know how like sometimes people check in and check out. Mm-hmm. Like they get a sitting ovation, people think that maybe they should just uh, put in Anderson for like the opening face off. Someone do something to get a stoppage and then take him out if he's not 100 percent healthy. Yeah, then maybe that's a Comrie game. Oh God, don't don't say it's Comrie game, please. I'm not. I'm he's not. Been I, that bad down this. He's been pretty decent down the stretch. He just doesn't play in like two weeks because it's Levi's net. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But without further ado. That's going to end it for this edition of the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. I've been joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And let's let's get a go Sabres for this one since it's since it's all Sabres here, fellas. Go so, Sabres. Go Sabres. Sabres.